Hello? Joe, it's me, Caleb, from Maine. Caleb, we live in Tennessee. Remember 27 years ago when we made that podcast? Caleb, podcasting was not a thing 27 years ago. We need to get the band back together. Give me a moment's peace and take out that trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me and Joe go to movies and decide whether or not they are hot trash. Joe, what do we see today? It Chapter 2. I feel like all these all these ones, you're going to be able to tell how I feel about the movie by how I introduce it. Probably. But you know what? Fine. Joe, I just want to remind you, this was your idea. And because it was your idea, I want you to explain to the listeners um, why we why we went to see It Chapter 2. So back in the grand old year 2017 when It Chapter 1 came out, or just It as it was called back then, me and Caleb were like some of the only people that seemed to hate it. Well, I, think. I wouldn't go as far to say I hated it, but I didn't like it. Not enjoy it. Yeah. And then the trailers for this started coming out, and I saw Pennywise being his old goofy self again. I was like, I can't wait. I need more of this. Yeah. And we got more. And I think I think your relationship with the first film is a little better than mine. You get a lot more enjoyment. I get a lot out of, of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. It's it's a lot of goofiness that's like in it just often enough to where I'm having a good time. I have like three scenes where I'm enjoying myself the ending. in that. All yeah, of which take place in the it, end. No, one of them takes place in the middle, but most of them take place in the end. And I find the rest to be just extremely um, tedious. That's Much, the perfect word to describe yeah. this movie. <laughs> it's tedious. This movie is three hours long. But these movies are tedious for different reasons, which I find fascinating. I don't know. I feel like you, if you had been there for the second rewatch or the rewatch of it one, it would have flowed a little better. Probably just because I wouldn't have been in a theater and I could like have joked around out loud and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I do believe that, but I don't think I would have enjoyed it. It's still that. long, don't get me wrong. Like oh, yeah. that, that movie still has no need to be two hours long. And yes, we are very aware that people really like this movie um, and we respect that, uh, but I don't think either of us really understand it. I can okay. I can see where people are getting enjoyment out of it from the like. Uh, I'm gonna take that back. I don't really see where people are getting enjoyment from. I because this. I don't think this really succeeds at being scary. We saw this in not a crowded theater, but there were like enough people in there. It was a fine showing for a Monday night. Yeah, yeah. for a Monday night, there was no like as or anything. There were a few laughs, mainly coming from <laughs> us. <laughs> so, It Chapter 2 takes place uh, where the second one leaves off, or where the first one leaves off. The kids have now grown up. I'm not going to spend too much time explaining it, because I think people get the gist. There's a clown, um, and he's scary. And, no. Well, he's scary. Debatable. He's scary to the characters in the movie. Okay. And they beat them when they're kids, but they have to come back when they're adults. I'm not going to get into any of the cosmic lore that makes up because the movie the doesn't book. yeah but it acknowledges it more than like the old tv series did. yeah that's true but yeah so they're back uh it, but they aren't kids anymore and the whole movie is the same scene repeating itself uh six or seven times and then a very 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 long drawn out finale yeah 
That about sums it up. I don't even know. Like, is it is it worth doing the old plot synopsis no. for this? Because it's the same. It's the same scene over and over again. Yeah, we can say the three scenes that are this movie. The the gang the gang gets all the call from Mike. We get that seven times or six times because Mike isn't calling himself. Yeah, yeah. They all reunite. Then they all have to go on their own little side quests. To res- like, they all have their own personal MacGuffins, which all trigger. In my opinion, this is what really drags down the film very long flashback sequences that have no impact. Uh, yeah. Like you could argue they maybe have thematic impact, but no, this movie is not smart enough to have a theme about like remembering stuff and overcoming trauma and stuff like that. They're just there to scare you. And because people like the kids from the first movie and it's so drawn out. Yeah, it really is. And then we have a finale, which everybody has their own little horror thing. They have to overcome again. Yeah. And then, and then the movie ends. And it um, takes three hours to get through all of this, which I could, I could have opened, like, let, put, throw that in Final Cut for me. I'll edit that down and make it a little better. <laughs> you know, the thing is, pair them off more. I think one of the be- better parts are uh, Bill Hader and... <laughs> Bill Hader. Whatever. Nails this. Yeah, whatever the, the germaphobes. Eddie. Is. Yeah, yeah. They team up in the end and they, like, go off on their own thing. It's so much better because, mm-hmm. like, they can bounce off each other. They can interact. Like, it's not just them yelling. Ah, bah, bah, Pennywise. Yeah. It, and it makes the whole thing go by so much quicker because we don't have to see, you know, two separate scenes. We can mesh those together. Um, they try to do it with Ben and Bev and it doesn't really work. You know, because they just kind of join together in the end and it's not going side by side. That's a really that's a good concept. I will say that's a good concept. I just I don't think the rest of the film supports it enough. Not Um, at all. Let's go through the characters here, because I feel like this is a very character driven thing. Uh, First off, there's Billy. He's played by James McAvoy in this. I hate Billy. Like I hated him in the book. In the little bit of the book I got through. I didn't like him in the TV series. I don't like him here. He's an annoying character who he's, just has a hero complex. Yeah. I, I think he's fine in the first in the first movie. Like as a kid. Because he's just... he's The hero complex isn't as severe in that one. Un, until towards the end. Towards the end he kind of gains it. In this movie he's just like, I've got to be the one to do it. i got to be the one to break off. There's this kid. i got to go save him. Coming out of that that scene where they're in the funhouse of mirrors, did it even happen or was it just an illusion? I'm assuming it happened because that's a, either that or Pennywise did a really long haul scare. <laughs> I would say the kid probably died, but not at that moment, and he's just kind of reshowing the death. Maybe I don't know. Uh, the, a lot of a lot of good kids in this. Not not the not counting the kids from the first movie. Oh yeah, just a lot yeah. of the kids, the new kids they got for this, like the girl with the. The makeup that they the birth, considered yeah, the lipstick. Were, yeah, I, I thought it was lipstick at first. <laughs> the, in the first thing she was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was really good with what little she had. Like, I mean, all she had to do was be cute. But no, yeah, I think I, she succeeded. Like, I think they're all believable. Beverly is played by Jessica Chastain. I don't like Billy, but I think Beverly's probably the worst written character. And just that she just, just needs to look like stare off into the distance. Look, look kind of lost. And oh no, she's so shackled to this love triangle that. Uh, she doesn't have time to really develop or build relationships. I don't really get her relationship to anyone in the Losers Club except for the two people who she has to choose between. Right? Those are the only two people she interacts with, like in general, in either of the flicks. 
It's like how in Lord of the Rings you can find the one scene in each of the movies where Legolas talks to Frodo. To be fair, she probably talks. She'll say have words with the other members of the club, but like there's no bonding, but unless it's between Bill and uh, Ben. Uh, then there's Richie. He's played by Bill Hader. I'd say he's by far the best part of this movie. Yeah, not just because he's the one cracking jokes. Again, the character Richie's cracking jokes in, but he's just. I don't know. He's not playing it so serious like everybody else is. I feel like this is very similar to the brother in Ready or Not. He has the most comedy, but he also has like the most believable drama. Yeah. Too. But like they balance really well off each other. And like, I think Bill Hader does a good job here with what he's given. I don't think any of these people are given that great of a no. role, but then there's Mike who is just as useless and like an afterthought as he is in the first movie too. Yeah. I will just, he, he just up. He'll be in there in the beginning. Then he's gone for thirty minutes. Then he's back. But then he's he's on the sideline. I will actually say I think this one's a little worse because Mike and I don't know. One, he's pretty bad in the first one. I'm not like he's pretty bad. But in this one, he's shackled with. I have the oh ancient, the voodoo, the ancient Native American wisdom and magic, <sighs> and like that whole thing frustrated me to heck. There's this ancient. Native American MacGuffin that's in there. And it's just, it is, uh, it's the exact same thing you see in a lot of, a lot of movies and especially a lot of horror movies where you're just using Native Americans as a vehicle, as like, uh, as an element in the world without actually any like meaningful impact. And it's just, it's cheap. It's not just that it's a bad representation. It's just, it's cheap. I don't think that's what's so bad about it. I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong or anything. Not that part didn't bother me as much as it was just, I got to deliver the exposition guys. I got to. Okay. Now for some reason, this thing that at, at the very end where it's like, Oh, I didn't tell you the fourth step that was never alluded to or hinted that I was never telling you. I think it's there in bits and pieces, but I don't think any of this is very well set. Maybe it's a little too subtle. (laughs) Because we keep going back to the same things, they don't really have any time to set up things effectively because we have to, okay, now we have to go to this person and they find their token and here's their hour-long flashback. But back to the characters, there's Ben, who is forgettable. Honestly, on the drive over here, I was thinking of like what to say about each of the characters and I forgot Ben was in the movie. Which is weird because I feel like he's on the upper of more screen time. Yeah, well, he's in the love triangle. Yeah, so he kind of has to be. But yeah, he doesn't do much besides look longingly at Jessica Chastain Um, and then get mad when she doesn't remember the poem. God, the memory loss. We'll get to that. Yeah, uh, speeding through these, uh, there's Eddie... Eddie Who's really good. They Whoever, I don't know who his actor is, but they did a really good job of finding someone who could nail the the expressions that the kid version Eddie does. Because I can totally see that being a grown-up Eddie, like just like in terms of just looks alone. Yeah, in general, I think they did really good casting, but I do think Eddie has the most strength, especially when he's paired off with Bill Hader. Uh, then there's Stanley. Stanley's fine. They buffed uh, up his role, yeah. which is, I think, probably a good decision, but who cares? Uh, and then, of course, there's everyone's favorite. Pennywise, the dancing clown. <laughs> okay. I think this movie fails in every aspect in trying to be a horror movie. There's nothing scary about this besides the human reaction to jump when there's a loud noise. Pennywise is not scary. But I think Bill Skarsgård kind of kills it as him. He's Un- certainly having fun. He's having a lot of fun, and he's I'm having fun when he's on screen. Every time he pops up and he's making a goofy face or just moving really funny, 
I'm enjoying it. I wish he was in it more because he's definitely in this movie a lot less. Well, and I definitely think when he is in it, they leaned more into the goofy side because I think they tried in the first one a little too hard to be genuinely scary. Here, I'm not sure if they're what their intention is, whether it's supposed to be scary or not, but he definitely is more. I don't think they're trying to be scary this. when he's Pennywise in this one so much. When when he's straight up the clown, I don't think their intention is to go scary. But, but he's doing a lot more morphing in this one of being like one of their fears or whatever. And that's when I think they're trying to go for scary and kind of falling. What do you think of the first scene? So the first scene is one of the scenes that is in the book. I think it opens oh, at the, the carnival. Book. Yeah. And it's it's a hate crime um, between two gay people. But then Pennywise is there. Yeah. I kind of thought those greasers were going to get their comeuppance or something, but they didn't. And then Pennywise just eats the guy that's fine i feel like you could have introduced it with the girl yeah when it would have been a little stronger yeah i definitely think the introduction is a little stronger in the book because it's it's so close to the beginning i think that's the first we see of pennywise i might be wrong so this doesn't land as much of an impact i do think it probably because he doesn't talk in this he doesn't talk in this intro scene either well and just like the real like drama of that scene has nothing to do with him. It's because there's a bunch of bigoted, uh, greasers. Yeah. Bigoted greasers who are doing something that like is probably, if you were to think about frightening thing, I don't think it's that frighteningly done in the movie, but like this is a real world thing that could happen. But then, but then you're just throwing in the goofy clown in there. And I don't really think it works. I think that gets to the central problem. I don't like the book either. But the book works because you're not seeing how goofy the idea is. You're imagining it. Well, and also, so, Pennywise isn't like the mascot. The clown is not the mascot like he is of the movie. Yeah. And I and I get it. You kind of have to give a face to the terror. Terror, in quotes. When you make him so fun, I just it just kills all suspense that there can possibly be. Especially when half the time he's on screen, it's in a flashback. Like, I hate to keep going back to this, but yeah. those scenes in the past add nothing to the story because we know where the characters end up. And some there. of them, I feel like they're rewriting history. Like, they all take place. They I think all the scenes are taking place they in the month, that the, the month yeah. that the Losers Club is, like, broken up. I feel like they would have, this would have been a big part of them reuniting in the first movie. Like, it wouldn't have taken a month where they're just on their own, where they're like, Oh crap, this clown's still trying to like scare us and kill us. Yeah. Maybe we should get back together sooner. Like, cause what's what he's doing in these flashbacks is a lot more intense than what he does in the first movie, too. In the first one, he just kind of shows up mm-hmm. and like spooks him and then runs off. But in this one, I feel like he's going for them in these flashbacks. Yeah, I think they're all very retconny. I think they are all things that like I think especially with Bill Hader, what they do is they reveal that the character is gay. And that Pennywise is using that to get to him and to scare him. But we have no setup for that in the first movie. We have no hinting towards it. We have no subtext. That's all just here. When they have all these totems that they have to go find, the MacGuffins, some of the characters are like revisiting settings that they are familiar with. And then there's like Eddie, who goes to the bottom of the of the pharmacy where they keep the vaccines. Yeah, where this they This is keep- an anti-vax movie, guys. <laughs> where they keep all the vaccines. And his mom's down there chained up. I'm assuming she's not actually down there. Yeah, no. That's but they don't flash back out of... They don't, like, in the flashback in any way. It just fades back to adult Eddie. 
and he's down there. So apparently this place exists. Like well, yeah, the downstairs at the down very least. It. The downstairs at the very least exists. But the leper is also there still. I mean, yeah. it's obviously Pennywise, but... I wouldn't think too much about the logic of space in this. Because it's like, once Pennywise has gotcha, he's gotcha. Yeah. Can do. It's just... That just annoyed... Uh, it was such a... I don't like the retconny elements of this movie. So the memory loss thing. This comes oh from the book. Oh my god. And not a bad idea. Just really, really tedious. Well... I feel like if they had said something about it again, a little more setup instead of just this is what it is is going on right now, because they get back, they they kind of have a hard time remembering what's going on at the beginning, but you don't really know why. They don't they don't say there's memory loss or dairy's weird. They get back together at the 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 jade of the Orient, and they're like remembering all the good times, and they're like, oh wait, there's a clown, and I'm like, okay, it's coming back. They're they've gotten everything. Then, like, at the... It might have been the halfway point. I'm not sure. This movie was a blur in terms of pacing. There's a part where Jessica, uh, Bev's reading her, the poem that Bing gave her as a kid, and she's like, I think Bill wrote it. I'm not too sure, though. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're still we're still using this as a like, element? Yeah. No, it's, it's constantly reverting back upon itself, and it's one of those things where... I mean, it's like they're back in the town. It should be back. Yeah, well, they are deep just, enough in the into the plot. It's just every time it goes back, it's a little more tedious because we already know everything, and like we are not being introduced to any new concepts here. There is no new information being given, and so why do we spend so much time on this? What do you think of the finale? Because the finale, obviously, oh my lord, <laughs> it. I'm a little torn because it's it's very long. It's very it's extremely long. long. But it also has the most Pennywise, and Pennywise is the best thing in this movie. Yeah, but it has it has Pennywise at at the moment where he's in the dark, so we're not getting to see him. And then he turns into a giant spider clown. I love that. That was hilarious. Okay, it was it was really funny. He stays a giant spider clown for the rest of the movie, so he's not doing all his running and being being fun Pennywise. He's just doing the voice at this point. Yeah, and it's not it's it's Bill Hader, not Bill Hader. Bill Skarsgård trying to use that to carry the character, where I think the movement he is and a, overall action is what like really sells yeah, the, the fun. The character is very physically energetic, and I feel like that's a lot. What's that is supposed compl- to make him scary, but it's what makes him fun. Yeah, I, but that's completely lost when he goes into spider form, and also his he starts just getting inconsistent with what he does in spider form. He can stretch, he can do whatever he wants, really. But then there's the scene where they're all hiding in this in the and he's just, ah, I'm going to dig at you with my spider claws, even though I could turn well, back into normal clown Pennywise. Well, if you pull up the, the, the encyclopedia and look up MacGuffin Native American tribe, you will learn that they have some sort of like physical law where it's like you can't be, if you're big, you, you have to stay big and you can't get into small spaces. And like, it sure, is, but he's a shapeshifter. It has been years since I read the book, like years and I was not at the age where I was like fully comprehending that book too. I was there's probably a lot of skipping. I don't, I don't think remember anyone fully comprehends no. that book. I don't remember them roasting him to death. As oh yeah, I forgot about that. There are two messages in this movie that are really interesting. One of them is that bullying is okay because that mm-hmm. will defeat the cosmic evil. Mm-hmm. Roasting is way, like way too harsh of a word. It's just like you're a clown. Ha. Yeah. So what they do is. They decide that the way to beat him is just 
to insult him. Like it's like hardly. Yeah, hard not not drastically. But that's basically what they're doing is they're getting in a circle and being like, You're not a world eater, you're not a giant spider. You're, you're just, just a, a clown. clown. <laughs> and Penny was like, Oh crap, they figured it out. The second terrible message is that Stanley commits suicide at the beginning. Oh my god. And then he sends them letters and he's like I had to commit suicide because I would have been too weak to go up against him and you needed a strong team. So basically it's like these guys succeeded because someone committed suicide. Yeah, which isn't isn't a great message. Oh, I don't think they were pushing that as a message to be fair. No, no, I but do not think it's intentional. I feel like they could have cut that from the rest of the movie, and I was like, okay, we're fine. Stanley just got infected by the Pennywise disease. It's a lot more impactful if he's just, they aren't together. They're yeah. numbered down, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. And he can get Tanya. Do we want to say what our uh, funniest scene to each other was? I have two. <laughs> uh, yeah, go for it. This was in the first trailer, which is a really good trailer, but it's when Bev goes back to her childhood home. There's a there's an old lady living there, and you know she she seems pretty sweet. She's like, oh yeah, your father used to live here. Let me let me invite you in. Bev starts like reminiscing, and then in the background, see the lady standing there. Then they CGI her just doing the, like the what's the dance with the take on me thing where they're swinging their arms side to side and like walking really funny. She does that walk like just uh, like out of focus into another room, and you're like. Okay, she's Pennywise, but then she just keeps doing dances in the background where she runs really funny and like goofy and she has rubber arms. Oh, yeah. And then there, I, there, there's a moment where she she gets replaced with a really rubbery model <laughs> where she's peeking out from uh, peeking out from the, a doorway and you're like, oh, she's naked now. Then she comes up to Bev, morphs into this giant 20 foot tall thing that's naked has a mouth on its throat. Two mouths, yeah. Two mouths on its throat and just like Ursula, the evil sea witch hair. And then the scene's over. Bev just runs away. Oh, but we get uh, we get like actual Bill Skarsgård. That part was very funny. Hilarious. Hilarious. And then my second favorite was um, in the finale when Richie comes and starts uh, doing a better roast of Pennywise and he goes, it be kind, mother. Oh, the deadlights hit him. And he, it's just a straight cut, just bomb. Yeah. And he starts floating. It's supposed to be like intense, but it's just funny the timing they do it at. I think my two favorite scenes. So th- there's the fortune cookie scene where a bunch <laughs> of little monsters come out of the fortune cookie. It's just really like it's creative, which is cool, but it's also just kind of funny. Um, the eyeball staring at me. <laughs> But then there's also, and this is a genuinely funny moment. Like I was, I was totally on board with what the movie was trying to do. The dog scene where they open up yeah. the door and they think like they're trying to decide they're doing the not scary at dog. all. Scary, very scary door thing yeah. from the first movie. And just like the banter there is funny. And I think this scares me. And I think like the whole, like the whole conceit of that is just like, what is going on? Why are you interrupting these other very dramatic scenes with this? But it was the only time in the movie where I'm like, yes, me and the filmmakers are on the same page here. I do think the scare was a little too telegraphed. Like, obviously, the dog's going to be a monster. Yeah, yeah. I feel like their indecision over whether that's true or not is funny. Like, they are kind of in on the joke. Yeah. It, it feels like an SNL skit. I like I like the first part of that, too, where they open the the uh, very this very scary door and you just hear the where where's my shoe? Because that was the thing in the first movie, too, except yeah. it's. 
it's the top half of Bev, Bev Thompson or whatever her name is. And she's like, ah, and this time it's just her legs. There's also just, it's probably the only scene with James McAvoy that's funny uh, because he's just, he has such a boring character. But when he has to kill his younger self. Yeah, that seems, oh, I, I don't that. think it's really funny. That was just like, all right, can we get a move on? That was, it was during the finale where I'm just, I'm tired. I will you say, missed Stephen King. I, I did. I, I went to the bathroom. You got to walk Stephen off King. during, again, not in, not really a funny scene in all because just because they just do the joke. Oh, you're that writer. I hate your endings. This kind of thing that they, they're doing through the entire movie, which I think is just something like, ah, oh, James McAvoy is Stephen King. Well, it's that, but also I think it's because like he hasn't had resolution in his life. He can't write. But it, he's less of a telegraph for Stephen King than he is in the book. Yeah, but Stephen King shows up and is just like, ah, cost you three hundred dollars. You got that big rider money. It's probably like three minutes long in total. Feels like it keeps going, but it's funny enough just because it's old curmudgeon Stephen King. I will say nothing in this movie beats the scene in the first one where they just they go at him with a bunch of lead pipes and kill him. And like <laughs> this whole time, I'm like, I don't care about like the psychological way you beat this. I just want to see you physically destroy him, him again. With pipes. Again, like there's something so satisfying in that, and we get a similar scene here where like there's a little uh, there's a little spider monster that's made out of a head. It's obviously an homage to the thing, and like just one character just starts going at it with a knife, and I'm like, that's that's the closest feeling of catharsis I got in this movie. They brought back the bully. They do that in the well, book. I, know, right? I realize they do that in the book. He doesn't have as definitive of a death as he does in the first one. Yeah. He falls down a, the well in the first one, like hits his head hard, like against these walls and there's cracking and stuff. And you're like, I was just, I saw that. I was like, I guess they're not going to do the bully in the second one, which is fine. He's completely pointless. I mean, he's there in the way that so much of this movie is there because we need filler. <laughs> Yeah, you could cut him out. Like my retcon to my my the Joe edit of this movie would be not having any scenes with Henry Bowers because he just doesn't have a role. He's just there to like show up. Would you like to know what the Caleb edit of this movie would be? You're just like deleting it. Yeah, I'm deleting the file. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've made this abundantly clear. But official verdicts on this movie is bad, bad, not hot bad. trash. Bad. <laughs> there are points that are really funny and stuff. I say if Pennywise is on screen and some of the stuff with Bill Hader is fun, but no. Every time Bill Hader throws up is funny. All two times. Yeah, that does happen twice. But you know, for every time he throws up, there's another scene where Jessica Chastain just has to run to a room and scream. And James McAvoy has to cry, stutter, and be American at the same time. You know, maybe one of the reasons I'm not afraid of this movie is because I don't have any, like, physical fears. Like, all my fears are pretty... Ex- like, existential? Yeah. Yeah. Except for ladders. Like, I hate climbing ladders. That's fair. That's just... That kind of has to go with heights. Yeah. Well, no, it's because it's, like... I don't mind being up high. It's just it's the climbing that's the problem. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can't imagine, a, like, a ladder with, like, spider arms running <laughs> after me. Just like, it's the same thing where, like, they'll turn and Pennywise is in the corner. But you turn, there's just a ladder, like, with a single light, gl- like, a, yeah. like, illuminating it. Mine's just an empty room. It's just loneliness. Yeah. Well, Pennywise does try to make a bin and incel in this. <laughs> You'll die alone. Take the black pill. <laughs> I think that'll do it, Joe. Okay. I'll I'll see you back in another 27 years when we'll (laughs) rip apart some other movie. Yay.